0: Hello and welcome to Cocoa Pods, a podcast of the Birth Center for Natural Deliveries Foundation. My name is Dr. Bola Sugade. I'm a women's healthcare specialist. On this podcast, we talk about all the issues that affect women in and around pregnancy and how we can make these issues better. Today, we are fortunate to have with us Dr. Sabri Gabriel. Dr. Gabriel, thank you and welcome to
1: Cocoa Pods. Thank you, Dr. Sugadi. I'm so honored to be invited to participate in this event today.
0: Thank you. So just as a form of introduction, you got your medical degree in Alexandria. Correct. Please, Uh, can you tell us about that?
1: Sure. I uh, completed medical school in Alexandria, Egypt. And after that, I completed residency training in orthopedic surgery. And shortly after that, I came to the U.S. and did my family practice training. And because of my previous experience in orthopedics, I drifted back to sports medicine and worked with some of the orthopedic groups here in, in town doing both family practice and sports medicine. So it's an area of passion for me to do sports medicine and orthopedics.
0: Wow. Thank you so much for that introduction. So because of that, we're going to ask you questions on both areas of your training, if that's okay with you.
1: absolutely. (laughs) Okay.
0: So, you know, I just want to start with some of the orthopedic issues that can affect pregnant women. And one of the common things is that a lot of pregnant women have just low back pain. That is a common problem that pregnant women face in pregnancy. And at times, This can be caused by the weight of the baby, as well as the uneven distribution of weight that the expecting mothers experience. Can you talk to us about maybe some of the causes and maybe what women can do to
1: alleviate the low back pain of pregnancy? Sure, that's true. Women during pregnancies, they gain weight from 10 to 50 pounds and this uh, extra weight has a lot to do with the degree of back pain. The center of gravity shifts when your stomach gets bigger and moves forward. That puts a lot of strain on the lower back area and creates some muscle spasms to compensate for that extra weight in front of your body. Compounding that is the estrogen hormone, which is very relaxing to ligaments. Makes the problem a little bit worse because the ligaments in the back part of the back are not as tight as they are when you're not pregnant with less estrogen level. Also this high estrogen level during pregnancy is naturally stretch all the ligaments in preparation for the delivery. So it's a price of that back pain to prepare the lady for the delivery without having to go to a C-section because the pelvis will stretch, the birth canal will stretch and allow the baby to pass. But one of the most important things to prevent these problems with back pain and other conditions, the lower extremity is exercise. And we recommend light exercise for women during pregnancy, something like walking two miles a day or stationary bicycle. There are so many benefits for the pregnant lady and for the baby by exercising, light, light exercising. For example, there is limited weight gain during pregnancy if you exercise. There is improved cardiovascular health. There is decreased lower extremity swelling and edema if you exercise every day by walking two miles a day. Improved mood. Less problem with hypertension and diabetes if you are exercising. There is less complicated labor and less chances for a C section and shorter duration of active labor. Some people will go into eight, ten hours of delivery or Less than two hours, one or one or two hours to deliver if they are fit and exercise and have a strong muscle tone to push. There are benefits for the baby too if the mother exercise. Better stress tolerance for the baby. There is low fat mass too mm. for infants or uh, fetus, Yeah. Better neurobehavioral development and maturation in women who exercise. There is shorter labor time and less fetal distress. If you exercise between five to seven days a week, this leads to lower birth weight without any adverse effects on the infant. If you exercise three to four days per week, this leads to higher birth weight and that's also a welcome thing. There is no, no bad thing about it. But mothers really should avoid the strenuous exercise because that can be equally harmful to the fetus as it causes lower oxygen level to the baby. Mm. Mother should avoid hyperthermia, for example, which is increased body temperature. Specifically avoid hot tubs because it can lead to neural tube defect like spina bifida. Also avoiding exercise in very hot, humid environment that can increase core body temperature. Again, this can cause spina bifida. So that's one thing we stress that we don't want a strenuous exercise. We don't want mother to overheat and cause neural tube defect. There are certain conditions where exercise should be avoided as incompetent cervix or people who had previous miscarriages and had cervical circulation procedure to avoid miscarriage. But still lightweight exercise by walking two miles a day is still very beneficial. Stationary bicycle is a form of exercise that can be beneficial for these patients as well.
0: Wow. Thank you so much. I guess some of the other things they could do would be wearing a light brace, like a back brace, if they feel that that is needed, or maybe taking for the low back pain, if everything else feels, maybe some, you know, uh, Tylenol or a back brace, but we want to emphasize the physical movement to help the low back pain.
1: Tylenol is definitely allowed, and Mm. there are certain braces that can help alleviate this back pain, but nothing will compensate for a stronger muscle Tone, Mm. which range from the abdominal wall muscle tone anteriorly and posteriorly. So increasing this muscle tone by Mm. just doing exercises that uh, increase the tone of these muscles, especially in the first trimester when you can lay in your back and do Mm. exercises, unlike the second and third trimester where you are not supposed to lay in your back and Mm. do exercises this way. So try to take advantage of that and strengthen the anterior abdominal wall, the front abdominal wall, before you get to the bigger part of the abdomen, because the body, the back vertebral column is like a tent. Mm. The vertebral column is like the post in the middle of the tent. If Mm. you have one rope out of the four that hold that tent together Mm. is loose, Mm. it's gonna be, uh, the post will lean on one side. So you have to compensate by having severe muscle spasm on the opposite side, Mm. and that's what causes the pain. The muscle Mm. spasm, Mm. squeeze all the blood out of the muscle, Mm. decrease the oxygen supply, Mm. Similar to when someone have severe chest pain from a heart attack, the heart Mm. muscle is not getting oxygen. Mm. Same thing can happen on a muscle when you have severe muscle spasms, like a muscle attack, basically. Mm.
0: Mm. Thank you for explaining that. That explains a lot. And if a woman does have a chance to pre-pregnancy exercise and get in shape, that will definitely help low back pain that might happen in pregnancy.
1: Absolutely, that will be the ideal situation is to be fit before you get pregnant or even try to catch up during the first trimester as much as you can by strengthening the abdominal wall and the legs and everything.
0: Wow, thank you. You know, I know another thing that women talk to me about is that they complain of pain, tingling, numbness in the hands and fingers, and that their hands are swollen. And that is a condition of the nerve, of the wrist being pinched uh, called carpal tunnel syndrome that is, can be made worse in pregnancy. Can you maybe tell us something about how, number one, why is that a little bit more common in pregnancy? How can we make the diagnosis? And what do we have to manage this problem in, in, in pregnancy?
1: That's a good question, and it's a common condition because during pregnancies, there's a lot of water retention. There's a lot of the, the volume of your blood increased by 50%. So that all of this water retention fluid in the carpal tunnel, there is a bunch of tendons running in a canal that is made by a group of bones and a strong ligament on top of it. So
0: where is the carpal tunnel on the, can you describe to us where the location is?
1: It's right under your wrist here. Mm -hmm. There are eight carpal bones. They are arranged in a U shape and there is a ligament on top of it. Under this uh, ligament here run eight ligaments and one specific nerve called the median nerve. If you pinch on that nerve, you start having the numbness and tingling in your three and a half fingers here in your hand. And some people can be severe enough that they wake up in the middle of the night and have to shake their hand like this to get rid of some of the water in the carpal tunnel to alleviate the pain. So the water retention from pregnancy is what makes the carpal tunnel crowded and pinch on that nerve in the wrist. Hmm. But one of the treatment is to put the patient in a cockup up splint. It's a splint with a certain angle about 35 degree that prevent motion in the wrist and that will help the swelling to go down a little bit. We try to avoid any medications that can affect the baby. So just elevation to above the heart level to help drain the fluid from the rest, plus the splint are two most important things. Exercise generally help the circulation of the body and the urine output to stay healthy and people will not retain as much extra fluid than they should if they are physically active.
0: Now, is there a point at which if all of these measures fail, there is a place for surgical management of carpal tunnel
1: syndrome? It can be done. Mm. However, we probably will start with a cortisone injection in the carpal tunnel that help any swollen tissue to shrink. Steroid injections. Yeah, it can be done in the carpal tunnel next to the tendons and... You just, all what you need to do is to miss the, the nerve so you don't inject into a nerve. But that will help decrease the crowdedness of the carpal tunnel. But most of the time, people will, will be okay to to bridge the gap till they deliver the baby by using the splint and uh, elevation. It's not irreversible damage. It can cause some weakness, but it once you deliver the baby, the water content of your body will go down dramatically and the symptoms of carpal tunnel were resolved. So we really don't push for carpal tunnel surgery during pregnancy because the, the problem was resolved by delivery.
0: Hmm. Well, well, thank you so much. And so, you know, the next condition I want to talk about moving from the hand is straight to the feet in that there's a condition in which some of the women complain of a stabbing pain in the heel and This can be more common in pregnancy. It can be associated with a rapid weight gain during pregnancy. And the condition is actually called plantar fasciitis. And there is inflammation of that thick band of tissue that connects the heel bone to the toe. How does this manifest? And what can we do to manage this?
1: Well, it's a good question. This is a common condition in women because as you gain weight every day during pregnancy, there is more stretching to the plantar ligament in the foot. That's a ligament that maintains the arch of the foot. So it acts as a shock absorption. So the more weight you put, the more you stretch that ligament. So the point where that ligament is attached to the heel bone sometimes tear. You get micro tears between the ligament and the bone. This micro tears heal overnight. But with the first step you take out of bed in the morning, Whatever healed overnight, tear back up again, and you feel as if a knife or a nail stabbed you in your heel. Once it is torn, it doesn't hurt anymore. But you walk a few minutes, and then you sit for an hour or two, start trying to heal again, become sticky, and you stand up to walk, it trips again, and give you this same stabbing pain. So the best treatment for that is to stretch the plantar ligament. And stretching can be done by leaning over a disc or a wall, and with your foot behind you, so you kind of stretch that bottom of your foot. Fortunately, there is not much of sensory nerves in that uh, ligament when you try to do the stretch, but you're gonna feel it in your calf. As long as you feel your calf is stretched, then it is helping stretch the plantar ligament. Another way to do it, if you get a piece of wood like a two by four, and you stand with the front of your foot on it, and let your heel touch the ground, that will do enough stretching. If you are sitting, say you have a job, sitting on a desk on a computer work, you can put a telephone book under your foot, the front part of your your foot, so your heel is touching the ground, but your foot is forced to go upward like this. So as it is healing, it is healed in a stretched position. There are devices you can buy it on Amazon online or you get it from durable medical equipment suppliers called night splint. That night splint, force you to sleep with your foot stretched upward. So as the ligament heals, it doesn't tear back up in the morning.
0: Wow. And some of these changes that happen in pregnancy, I guess it can be worse because, you know, there's the added weight in pregnancy. In addition to all these physical modes of treatment, This, which is non-medication modes of treatment, is this another thing in which like a steroid shot might
1: be helpful in pregnancy? Asteroid shots are not contraindicated in pregnancy. We have given it before in shoulders, for impingement syndrome, in knees, and plantar fascia, especially some pregnant women. Most common cause you say, well, we're going to Disney tomorrow, or I can't be in that pain, so I need quick fix. <laughs> and that's when the steroid shot come in handy to alleviate the pain right away, and it will weaken the ligament a little bit, so it stretch faster. But conservative treatment by stretching and night splint are about 95% effective without the cortisone shot. But sometimes there is a degree of inflammation and degree of urgency in the treatment because of life circumstances. Someone is not willing to wait two weeks to get better, then the cortisone shot becomes A good solution. And then, just talking about shots, I know that
0: you know we're in this season with the COVID nineteen infection. A lot of pregnant women wondered, and we've done a podcast on this if they can get the vaccination in pregnancy. We've given them the go ahead. A lot of women say, you know, pre-pregnant women think it might cause infertility. I mean, what is your take or statement regarding the COVID
1: vaccination in
0: this population of women or patients?
1: The CDC doesn't have any contraindication for vaccinating women before pregnancy or during pregnancy. Is actually they're recommended, recommending for it. Can you imagine if you get COVID during pregnancy, and which can happen, and you become hypoxic? That can cause catastrophic damage to the baby or the fetus from hypoxia. So
0: that's a low oxygen in your system. Right? Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's I. I'm I'm for it. There is not enough historical data now because COVID been around for less than two years. So we don't have years of information to see what can happen. But for now, what we know that the benefit exceeds the risk Mm. by taking the vaccine. Mm. You bring a good point. I see a lot of time on TV, people getting the COVID uh, screening test by a nasal swab and they always stick the, the swab up the nose and it bothers me because why Why do you know? someone need to teach them they should stick it backward towards the back of the head. That's 10 times or 100 times less painful than trying to stick a swab up to the nose like that.
0: Wow, because that could almost penetrate
1: into the... Sp- Every form of plate and yeah, the base to the, of, the skull, yeah. to the of the skull. to the base of the skull, to the yeah. brain, yeah. yes. And yeah. you pass perpendicular to all the concha in the, in the nose, so it's really better if, if you... I had to get a nasal swab before, and the technician was trying to do. It, just told no, no. Listen to me. Just you know, do it backward. <laughs> and she did. So, oh wow, that was easier for me and for her oh, too.
0: Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, thank you for that. We will move on to again. So we're moving between your family practice expertise and your orthopedic expertise. And another hip condition that is associated with late term pregnancy is what we call the transient osteoporosis of the hip, and this condition is one in which the pregnancy itself can cause temporary bone loss that significantly weakens the hip joint. And we think it might be due to the hormones of pregnancy, weight-bearing stress, Please can you talk to us you know because the patients they would come presenting to us as the obgyns as you know sudden onset of pain typically in the front of the thigh the groin or the side of the hip or the buttock can you m- maybe explain to us you know again how we make this diagnosis and how we manage this hip condition called the transient osteoporosis that is thinning of the bones of the
1: hip because of pregnancy what a good question. I, in my practice, I never see this case because I don't deal with pregnant women most of the time, but I have seen uh, sacroiliac joint pain from the stretching of the SI joint and sometimes get out of place and stretch the ligament in between the, uh, the two bones, the sacrum and the ilium. And there are certain maneuvers to help reduce the joint back in place. Osteoporosis, I mean, imagine you're growing a baby and he need all the calcium from your body and from what you eat to make his own bones. So it's understandable that you can develop osteoporosis in the hip. Typically this kind of osteoporosis can lead to stress fracture, but I haven't seen much of stress fracture in the hip during pregnancy, just maybe because I don't see a lot of pregnant women in, in my practice. But probably the best prevention is to make sure that you're consuming 1,200 milligrams of calcium a day in the form of 600 twice daily or consuming milk products, dairy products, and vitamin D. A little bit of sun exposure will help the absorption of calcium, and that would be the best treatment is prevention. And now for the sacroiliac joint inflammation,
0: we also see that. How does that present? And can you just explain to us, you know, people that are non-anatomical, where the sacroiliac joint is and when there's inflammation, how does this present and how do we manage this condition?
1: Yes, the sacroiliac joint is the back part of your pelvis here, right above the area where you sit on. Most people know where the sacrum is, and the sacroiliac joint is a part right outside that sacrum. Most of these people, when you walk in the exam room, they are standing, they are avoiding sitting. Sitting hurts a lot worse than standing. And if you put them on the exam table, you'll see one leg usually longer than the other. After you manipulate the side that is hurting, the leg length becomes equal and the pain dramatically goes away. Occasionally, we have to inject cortisone in this SI joint and that alleviates the pain right away, especially because we put some lidocaine in it, which is kind of diagnostic that we hit the right target. But within a day or so, the pain is completely gone and lasts for several weeks.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow! So, you know, I just wonder, you know, you see some pregnant women with that waddling gait, you know, they, they, it looks like they're walking like a duck, you yeah. know, what what is that all about? Is it all because of the laxity of the joints and stuff like that?
1: Absolutely. the extra weight of 30, 40, 50 pounds you, your body have to sway one side or the other, because what make you, what makes us human walk straight is the abductors of the hip. But the strength of the abductors can't match the, the sudden weight gain that happened in the last trimester of pregnancy. So the one way to be able to walk is straight when you lift one leg. You lean the opposite way so you don't fall, but you don't depend on the abductors. Abductors are the the pelvic bone stabilizers that prevent you from leaning to one side. So your body tends to lean on the opposite side to help these muscles from having to contract so hard. So you have to, with every step, you lean to the right or lean to the left, and that's what causes this waddling gait,
0: wow, that looks like a dog, like when you look at a pregnant <laughs> yeah. woman. And uh, so I just wanted to also talk about switching back to your primary care expertise. You know, we we encourage breastfeeding in a in a uh, natural birthing center. We think, Women that can deliver naturally should deliver naturally. And then we point women that cannot deliver naturally to resources and centers that can help them deliver otherwise. But in keeping with that natural delivery is the breastfeeding. We think that's a natural follow-up to natural delivery. And I just want you to, you know, putting on your family physician cap, can you talk to us about some of the nuances of breastfeeding as relate to your point of view?
1: We encourage breastfeeding because of so many benefits for the baby and the mother. For the mother, for example, if you exercise and breastfeeding and breastfeed, you will lose the weight you gain during pregnancy much faster than if you don't breastfeed or if you don't exercise. So the combination of breastfeeding and exercise help you to lose all the pregnancy weight, which is a welcome benefit for both. But we have to emphasize that you should avoid strenuous exercise during breastfeeding because that will increase the lactic acid in the breast milk and the baby all of a sudden will reject breastfeeding if you have too much lactic acid from strenuous activity. So mild to moderate exercise is is the way to go.
0: What are the things that you see every day in, in, in your orthopedic practice? you know that can we can discuss. So I'm going to talk about the neuropathies but what are the other things? I mean pregnant women can still fall and break a limb. <laughs> they can still have a cast on their body part,
1: you know yeah. what I'm saying? So pregnant women generally they are younger age group so they don't get a lot of the, uh, the common trauma. orthopedic problems like mm-hmm. trochanteric bursitis is one of the very common conditions we see when someone lose weight rapidly. That can happen after delivery or losing the pregnancy weight, but then all of a sudden the greater trochanter of the hip becomes more prominent and get rubbed upon by the IT band too much and get inflamed and that can be injected. I've seen a lot of middle-aged women get trochanteric bursitis and we do inject it with cortisone. So they present with like, are they limping? No, it's it's usually they present like, if they sleep on one side, it wakes them up. The pain Mm. wakes them up. They Mm. can't sleep on the right side or the left side because Mm. of the hip hurts too much Mm. to sleep on that side that is Mm. inflamed.
0: Mm. So how do you make that diagnosis? Is it just basically by asking them questions of the symptoms, physical examination? Would you do any... X-rays shielding the baby in pregnancy, does it ever come to that
1: or do you go straight to injection of steroids? Well, this one sentence when they say when we roll on the right side, wake up because of pain is almost diagnostic. The second, physical exam, you check the hip joint to make sure the ball and socket is not the cause of pain. And then when you palpate that greater trochanter, it's a specific point and it becomes extremely tender. You push one inch above it, one inch below it or one inch behind it, it doesn't hurt only that most prominent part of the bone that is very sore. The bursa is like a bag of fluid that is full of lubricant and it can get inflamed with change in, in body water and increased friction from certain activity or the pelvic tilt itself when it changes, the IT band will rub on it in a, in a different way. And of course, you can use topical non medicine like Voltaren gel on this stuff, but... Uh, Cortisone injections are a lot safer to give and very effective. So there is no contraindication in giving it. So that's a way to treat it. And where is this
0: IT band that you keep talking about?
1: It goes from the iliac crest right under the belt here, Mm -hmm. on exactly the the lateral side of the body, on the side of the body, and goes to the outer side of the knee. Mm. And that rubs over the most prominent part of the hip. And that is where the trochanteric bursa is and that's what gets it inflamed. So one of the conservative treatment is to try to stretch that by putting your hand on the opposite waist and push it so you mm. you bend your waist from side to side and that will stretch your uh, iliotibial band or we abbreviate it as an IT band. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow, wow, that's cool. and then there are some other conditions that we call neuropathies because it affects the nerves. Yeah. And the moms can present with tingling or, you know, like in the later latter part of pregnancy, as, as the, the baby's head gets into the pelvis. Can you describe some of those conditions for us?
1: There are several nerves inside the pelvis. One of them the iliocral trunk, which is a very thick nerve almost size of your pinky finger. As you can imagine, when the head of the baby enters the pelvic bone, mm. there is a rim there and that nerve is over it and the head of the baby will pinch on that nerve and that can give you numbness and tingling in the thigh muscle. It depends sometime on the lateral outer part of your thigh or posterior part of the thigh. Obturator nerve is too far in the front, but again, the head of the baby can be sitting on that nerve and give you numbness and tingling to the inner side of your, of your thighs. So, So, and they manage it by positional changes,
0: donut pillows and stuff like that. Definitely. Of
1: course, we don't encourage women to lay flat on their back for for too long because the baby can compress the veins in the back of the abdomen like inferior vena cava. But just changing the position to the right side or left side will alleviate the pain. And miraculously, all this goes away by delivery. You see a big smile on the, (laughs) on the the mom's face. Once the baby comes out. Once the baby comes out, the pain goes away and the, <laughs> the, smile the irresistible comes on. eyes of the baby make her smile. <laughs> what are some of the common things you see in your practice? We see a lot of knee pains, especially mm-hmm. overweight. Yes. Uh, people, they yeah. develop knee pain and frequently we have to treat that during pregnancy or after pregnancy or even before pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So exercise is a good thing to do because mm-hmm. increasing the muscle tone generally help articulation to be smooth rather than impact. When you pound on the knee joint is different than when you have the joint snug and Mm. doesn't have this uh, pounding on it. And how do you treat the knee pain? You After the examination,
0: I mean, what is the cause? Is it the weight on the knee? That's the cause of the pain. The extra weight, you know, pre-pregnancy or during pregnancy, the extra weight can cause knee pain. And then do you exclude for fluid retention in the knee? And then if that's not the case, we can inject with steroids and that kind of helps the problem?
1: Well, the extra weight is a culprit for a lot of the joint aches and pains from the foot all the way up to the hip. The knee gets 70% of the share of the problem from what we see because of the uh, sometimes the, the retention of fluid can make the meniscus maybe retain a little bit more water, so it's easier to pinch the cartilage inside the knee between the thigh bone and the leg bone when this cartilage in between is swollen a little bit because of the water retention. But Tylenol, just a conservative treatment with some ice, mild activity, we try to buy as much time till she deliver because most of these aches and pains that develop during pregnancy goes away the day she deliver.
0: Mm, wow, well, thank you so much.
1: Can people bike in pregnancy? Can they do? We don't like any sports that hazardous to them, you know, because if you have a bicycle accident and the baby gets hit, you know, you mm. can separate the placenta, it mm-hmm. can cause damage, premature deliveries. Stationary bicycle is okay. Mm -hmm. Avoid any exercise equipment that requires that you lay in your back, especially in the last six months of pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So the upright bicycle, stationary bicycle is highly effective for Mm -hmm. strengthening your lower extremity tone, prevent blood clots in the leg, improving your mood generally because of exercise, Mm -hmm. improve certain hormonal balance in the body. Mm Improve bone mass too by weight bearing, exercise by either walking or bicycling. But equipment, contact sports, stuff that you know, I wouldn't recommend playing tennis and get a hit with a ball in your stomach, or mm. it can be the place where the placenta is implanted, you know. Mm. Skiing is not recommended, whether it is cross country or downhill skiing. Mm. Cross-country is uh, safer, but I wouldn't start learning a sport like skating during pregnancy because the risk of fall is certain, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. So that's both skiing and skating.
1: Both both of these, I'll stay away from it. I, I really highly recommend walking and stationary bicycle. Thank you. That's good to know. Also, the condition
0: of the lumbar lordosis in pregnancy. So when we see a pregnant woman, it looks like she's sticking out her tummy and forward and sticking out her butt backwards. It looks like that, but it's a condition of, I guess, exaggerated lumbar lordosis of pregnancy. Can you explain that to us?
1: Well, the weight of the body keeps getting forward and forward and forward. So your center of gravity shifting forward. So it automatically pulls the lumbar curvature forward with it. And to compensate for that, the back muscles will have to spasm to prevent it from getting much worse than that. And that spasm will actually create pain, but also makes the lumbar lordosis even worse. So that's when it looks like the woman is, um, you know... Arching forward, exaggerated arching forward. Yeah, yeah just hard to prevent that. Right. And then what do you do? You just let it be or do you need a back brace? or? Did... Some people uh, practice posture training. They put a mm. book on their head and walk with it and that forces them to straighten up their back, mm. spread the, the curvature and the... Believe me, when you straighten up your thoracic spine, it will help some in your lumbar spine because... Mm. When you have severe lordosis in the the lumbar spine, then your thoracic curvature will have to be four. But if you straighten up your thoracic curvature, it will straighten your lumbar curvature too. So the old farmers in Egypt, where they carry a pot full of water on their head and walk all day long, it's just their back straight like an arrow.
0: Wow, wow.
1: But not many people have that skill. Wow, that's true. That is good.
0: Wow. So... I just want to say that there are a lot of young pregnant people and a lot of older pregnant people, but there are a lot of people that are very active and they're actually athletes nowadays that are going into pregnancy. The fact that their bodies are physically conditioned because of their athletic activity, does it make the process of you know pregnancy, the whole process of carrying a baby, shifting of center of gravity, does that? Preconditioning before pregnancy give them an advantage in pregnancy and then should they continue and i know you spoke to this about should they continue some of the sports that they did prior to pregnancy during pregnancy
1: absolutely being athletic and fit before pregnancy will make the pregnancy itself much easier but if they were engaged in uh, contact sports like basketball volleyball even if it is football, they shouldn't participate in contact sport during pregnancy because the risk is will exceed the benefit in this case. But they can replace the exercise in a group by individual exercise with less risk to them. To we, avoid we, the contact or the collision. Any collision sport should be avoided yeah, during yeah. pregnancy.
0: Well, thank you. And, you know, we're, we're in foresight here and I always talk about You know, for low-resource women, you know, we talked about so many things to manage, for instance, the carpal tunnel syndrome, that they could get splints. And, you know, for the plantar fasciitis, they could get, you know, shoe inserts or certain splints for the foot. And for the low back pain, maybe some women can get back braces. What will a low-resource woman do? Because what if the insurance doesn't cover some of these things and she can't afford these things off the shelves of Walmart or Amazon, and she has these conditions. What are some of the things a woman in a low-resource setting can do to help her situation
1: in pregnancy? If they can't come to Dr. Bola Sugadi I will to get the out. brace at the Cock-up's plant for, for their condition, <laughs> And if they can't afford it from Amazon, which is some some of these stuff are really relatively inexpensive. Some of these braces are between 10 to $20 and really affordable. Thanks God to the internet service for, for these products. The best alternative actually, which should be number one, is strengthening your own muscles, increasing muscle tone. So take advantage of your abdominal wall muscle during the first trimester maybe half of the second trimester to to increase the tone of your abdominal wall muscles. The wrist splint is not a must. This condition is self-limited, will go away by delivery. There will be some numbness and tingling in your finger, will go away within three days after delivery.
0: Wow. Thank you so much. We have been fortunate to be talking to Dr. Sabri Gabriel on the Cocoa Pods podcast about just some of the orthopedic issues and primary care issues that could affect women pre-pregnancy, during pregnancy and after pregnancy. Dr. Gabriel has training both in orthopedic medicine and family medicine and also has worked in the sports medicine arena. Dr. Gabriel, thank you so much for coming here.
1: Thank you Dr. Sagadi.
0: Now, if you were to talk to a younger you, you know, several years back trying to simulate a similar career path. You know, what advice would you give out there that can help a young person looking for such a career in medicine?
1: Well, first, follow your passion. You know, everyone during medical school, they do several rotations, away rotations, and most people quickly discover what they like. Some want to interact with people and be family physician or someone to be more dealing with technology like radiologist and some like to work with their hand discover what you really like and do it because if you do what you like work becomes more fun than work well wow, thank you and if you were going to give you know
0: an advice to a pregnant woman out there about some of the orthopedic issues, the common ones like carpal tunnel syndrome, you know, plantar fasciitis, low back pain, you know, some of the things that could affect women in pregnancy, what advice would you give out there?
1: General exercise, walk two miles every day, will regulate your body balance. All your water retention will be adjusted, will be optimized basically, so you don't get a lot of carpal tunnel syndrome or plantar fasciitis or the back pain. Just try to walk two miles every day. If you can't do two miles in one stint, do one mile in the morning, one mile in the evening. It's unbelievable how much the weight bearing exercise generates certain hormones from your muscles. Improve your mood, improve your physical fitness, improve your posture, improve the water content muscles and tendons that will affect places like carpal tunnel and plantar fascia and back lordos.
0: Wow, wow. This has been a very fun experience on Coco Pods podcast today. We are very fortunate to have spoken to Dr. Sabri Gabriel. Thank you so much for the way you've just enlightened us, giving us knowledge on some of the orthopedic issues and primary care issues that could affect women before pregnancy, during pregnancy and after pregnancy, and just some of the general knowledge you've given all of us today. Thank you so much
1: for your time. You are very welcome. It was my pleasure and I was honored to be part of your program. Thank you. Thank you.